0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: This week on Probably True, I sit in Soho Square and talk to YouTuber, writer, and activist Bradley Burkholtz about his experience growing up gay in a hardcore Christian faith that taught him this homosexual feelings are demons but also accidentally taught him
0: God wants me to have gay sex
1: (laughs) Now I'm no theologian, but it seems to me that the Christian God is a fan of mixed messages At least the Greek gods kept it interesting You knew where you stood with Zeus Usually he was trying to shag you at the randy old bugger Anyway, praise Kylie you're listening to probably true please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes it would be boring without them
0: so i grew up in what's considered a mystic non-denominational church which sounds kind of like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious you know it's a bit of a bit of a name and a half but essentially what that means is it's a church that believes we're all the kind of the miracles that like the, that crazy world where, like, people believe that you can get healed or diamonds will fall from the sky and all of these wonderful, magnificent things that don't tend to actually happen, <laughs> <laughs> but are rather exciting to imagine. Pray <laughs> harder, damn it. Right. Yeah. Okay. With you so far. Very that. So um, I also should probably say that I am American. And so I grew I grew up. <laughs> no. <in> the, yeah. <laughs> right. I know I have, like, a really strong Welsh accent, but it yeah. is. Actually, I am actually American, believe okay. it or not. Um, and so I come from the very kind of like conservative Trump land of America, which is wonderful. We love that for me. Yeah. Um, I I moved <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, growing up in that world, we are told that everything is God influenced. I, s- I swear to God. This is still <laughs> sorry. in America. Um,
1: <laughs> this is still in America, not in Wales. Yeah. Yes, yeah, still okay, in America.
0: Cool. Still in America. And I probably should not swear to God because that's blasphemous. But anyway. Um, the things that Christians in that world believe is actually divinely inspired is, is insane. Everything. I literally, I know Christian friends who I'm not going to name my name, but they will go to like um, the local store and they'll be like, Dear God, what sandwich shall I choose? <laughs> you know? And they'll be like, Oh, God told me I shall have the mayo and egg sandwich. This is the culture that I grew up in. Literally the most extreme sect of Christianity that exists. Everything is divinely inspired.
1: I don't Everything. think I want to worship a god who makes me an egg and mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> that,
0: I could not. That's why I left the faith. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Give me a few <laughs> flowers yes, or nothing. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, carry on.
0: So it was an interesting world to grow up in as a child and the worst part about it is that everything is like angels and demons that's that's very anxiety inducing cuz you think that everything is like angels and demons you know you like Tom you trip and it's a demon that you know oh, like, right, okay. you know and of course it's the same thing with being gay <gasps> if you you know homosexual feelings are demons they are the devil trying to influence you and when you're a little kid that's like a really anxiety inducing concept to think that there's like these crazy supernatural beasts fighting around you all the time and they make like these like fantasy novels that embellish it too which just makes it worse so that's that was my childhood that's what i grew up with believing that like
1: attraction to another man was Actually, Satan—it <laughs> was was the devil trying yes. to somehow steer you away from God. Yes, <laughs> wonderful.
0: Yes, I love it. Brilliant. Uh, I don't love it. That's awful. No, but you know what it's I mean. Awful. Just, and look, I honestly think that story. I came out of that with a bit of an anxiety disorder, which I think I've mostly overcome by
1: now. But like, it definitely yeah, caused me some problems. That's, that's understandable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, hey, that thing—you know—that's just that's just the devil trying to mm-hmm. get you. Stop doing that mm mm-hmm. Stop touching it.
0: <laughs> On the flip side, everything positive or like some things that aren't positive are all God. And okay. they're all of course, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. One of those things is dreams. <laughs> which okay. is a very interesting thing, which brings us to the whole topic of this podcast. Well, um, of all the podcasts. So So dreams.
1: Not so everybody- dreams are all like holy messages from God, don't they?
0: all dreams and so like when you go to bed you're encouraged to say a little prayer and you say dear god or dear jesus i pray that you will be the author of my dreams and the belief is that he is the author of your dreams and the dreams are prophetic he gives you divinely inspired dreams he influences you while you're asleep some people believe that you basically have like visions or go to heaven or see things when you're sleeping
1: that's terrifying because i've had dreams where i've been chased by like Giant carrots have like pulled themselves <laughs> out of the, my nana's garden and real. chased me around. If that's prophetic, then that's I've seen the carrots ones. too. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. Sorry, sorry, carry on. So, okay, so language. So, uh, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> All right. So dreams, dreams are prophetic and yes. kind of yes. um, inspired by God and and and.
0: Right. And to be fair, that's not an exclusively Christian thing. I know lots of people who think that dreams are supernatural. Maybe they are. But I don't think that this one Judeo-Christian figure is necessarily the author of everyone's dreams. He'd be busy. Oh, very busy. Um, But when I was growing up, I did believe that. Um, And so now now for context, I grew up, quote, struggling with homosexual desires and feelings.
1: Oh, I struggle with those all the time. (laughs) There's not enough hours in the day. And when
0: you're, I, I say when you're a child, I still, this still happens to me as an adult, but sometimes you get a certain kind of dreams. In oh. the clinical world, we call them, um, uh, oh, what, what's the what's the medical term? A Nightly ellipse or something. What is it? It's a, some I, I fancy term. I, uh, some
1: Most people call them wet dreams. Oh, right. Do you mean like nocturnal emissions? Nocturnal emissions. Like that. Okay. Yes. All right. I should probably not yell that out in public. It's <laughs> so <it's great. laughs> I love it. Okay, so, so, all right. So I can see where this is going. Right. Okay, so now, uh, when
0: you pray that Jesus will be the author of your dreams, and you go to sleep, and then end up dreaming about a ferocious butt sex with your best friend. Oh my. <laughs> It ends up uh, giving you some certain conflicts with your theology. <laughs> so that that was my childhood.
1: That's 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 brilliant. God's telling you to go out there and get some D.
0: That's what I've always said, and I have literally made theological arguments to <laughs> church leaders and told them if dreams are divinely inspired, then God wants me to have gay sex. <laughs> Clearly. And, wow. And
1: and did you did you get to? Uh, Make sweet, holy love uh, with both Jesus and your best friend.
0: In my dreams. In some, in some kind of
1: Trinity threesome kind of thing. In my dreams. In your dreams. Only in your dreams. Okay. Only
0: in my dreams, I'm afraid. Yes. Um, but it, it did give me a very interesting perspective. I can imagine. Keep
1: going. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Because when you grow up in an environment that tells you that being gay is a sin, but also tells you that God is divinely inspiring certain things in your life, and those two things directly clash, I think it is a wonderful example of biblical contradiction. And I kind of loved that. I I love that that has like one standalone argument I can always give people for being gay and being Christian.
1: Just like the word, use of the word... Ferocious. Said, ferocious.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: I mean... If you're, it
0: wasn't interesting how he adjective was. Yeah, I mean,
1: if you're, if you're fucking for Jesus, then you should really be ferocious about it. You want to know that you mean Absolutely. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Preach.
1: Testify all over my <laughs> face. I'll be back with more from Bradley, including this.
0: And um, They told my parents, I think your son's gay, and my parents confronted oh, well. me about it. In just a second. But
1: first, this.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash
1: weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So when did you realized that these dreams were at odds with your teachings well they were immediately at odds
0: i mean i woke up and i felt a sense of shame Sticky. which is unfortunate well yes <laughs> but i did have a sense of shame which is unfortunate but so many people do that grow up in the faith um, especially in the queer circle and i was like oh my god one of these themes is wrong. Either the Bible's wrong about homosexuality, or these dreams weren't divinely inspired. Oh, wow. So I had to come to terms I mean, with that not quite They're mutually
1: on. exclusive. They Absolutely. could both be wrong. Absolutely. Just saying. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, I, and I agree.
0: <laughs> and personally, just full disclosure, right now, I do believe that they're both wrong. Okay. Um, I don't believe that the Bible is against homosexuality. I believe that you can be religious. And... Um, be LGBT plus. At the same time, I don't believe that my dreams were divinely inspired um,
1: by any means. Just a randy teenager subconscious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still a randy teenager. (laughs) And so how did you reconcile those two things? How did you get from where you were then to where you are now? That must have been quite a journey
0: definitely a journey. Um, at the start, I think my approach was prayer and maybe not in the best sense. I was very much in this kind of stage of suppression of trying to be like, okay, this wasn't right or something went wrong here. And actually what a lot of Christian leaders would say as a rebuttal to that whole story is a lot of them would say, well, the devil can also influence your dreams. And they would literally tell me that that, it would, that was actually like demonic interference with what, which, which what was <laughs> meant to be divine. Now that doesn't, I can go on a whole theological rant here about how that doesn't work because if you literally pray that God will be the author of your dreams, according to the Bible, he has the power to do that. And therefore he's fully responsible. According to that theology, that you can't have demonic interference, but that's, you
1: know. I, I, love, I love the idea <laughs> that, that it's kind of something that was like divinely inspired that then gets corrupted. So it's kind of yes. like, love your best friend. Fuck him. Right. Love your, <laughs> he's your favorite person. Do him in the <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Uh, wow. So so you were pretty much praying away the gay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how I did that work out for I, you? <laughs> I,
0: I went there, I did that, I got the t-shirt, don't recommend, wow. zero out of ten, okay. no fun.
1: <laughs> Presumably you didn't have to go through all that on your own. Because that would be...
0: I, I do feel like I went through... All of it on my own because I was surrounded exclusively by people who disagreed with homosexuality, and so for them, the only advice I would ever get from peers or religious leaders was pray, repent, pray, repent, you know, and all of that stuff. What I will say is, when I finally did really come to terms with my sexuality, I basically moved to the UK like (laughs) like a week later, and and people were much more accepting of me here. So um, we're all about the bombing
1: over
0: here, (laughs) exactly. So it, it wasn't like this horrible situation like for five years I was in I didn't have I didn't never go through conversion therapy you know and in a lot of senses I'm very lucky because a lot of you know I probably would have if I had been maybe more honest about um, what went on growing up mm-hmm. and when I was able to come to the UK and come out I, I was able to do that in an accepting environment
1: which is really cool good I'm, yeah. I'm really pleased for you and was there anyone else who was quote struggling with the with the same kind of things as you in your church at the time like did you feel? that there was anyone else that was going through the same thing as you or were you like really alone with this kind of stuff?
0: I felt very alone but I also wasn't very open about it with other church people. You know, I would maybe hint at it. Like I remember having one conversation with another boy <laughs> in the youth group and we were, okay, so then we had this thing. Dreams. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we, we have this thing called accountability partners in the church and they're basically, you're get you you're paired up in youth group with somebody who you're meant to tell all your darkest like sinful desires and everything with. Oh, that sounds hot. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Right? I think I've seen that one. I had the DVD for it. (laughs) Exactly. So we went into this little back room with this guy and we both sit down in the chair and we're like very awkward and, you know, uh, like, okay, like who goes kind of first and whatever. And he goes first and he's like, so I've struggled with kind of like lusting. Lust. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, me too. (laughs) And he's like looking up photos of women on Google and I was like, oh. (laughs) I was like, I struggled with a different thing, and he. I was like, yeah, I've I've also struggled with similar things, and he must have caught on a little bit because he was like, with girls? Question mark. And at the time, I said yes, which was not true. Uh, But that was a lot easier than having to really, you know, be more vulnerable or whatever. You had to kind of cover your back. Absolutely, because it it was a crazy environment. I honestly don't know what it would have happened to me if I had Mm -hmm. been more honest. I dread to think, you know, the idea of being sent off to conversion therapy camp. Lots of people where I grew up in California, that happened to them. I just, like, that idea is really terrifying to me. So I'm kind of glad that even though I wasn't honest, I missed out on a lot of the horrors of yeah, queer yeah. religious...
1: And yeah. and sometimes it's enough to survive. That Like, sometimes mm. you mm-hmm. don't... As great mm-hmm. as it is to be able to live your authentic self and all that kind of thing, right. sometimes we do just have to get through from day to day if we're in a situation that... Living your authentic self will make things worse. Yes,
0: I so agree with that. That's always something I say in my videos too. Like a lot of people will tell you, like, "Oh, you know, be yourself. Just like don't care about anyone else. Just be, you know, be your authentic self." But don't. I always say, don't do that if you're gonna if you're gonna be in danger. It's not worth it. Um, It's better to survive, like you say, and And I think that's
1: important. And and well, and yeah, it's important to say, like, it's better to survive and find a way to get to somewhere. Where yes. you can safely be your yes. authentic self rather than yes. just, like, denying and denying and denying right. and staying there. Like, right. if you're in that kind of situation, you need to change the situation. Right. But that doesn't always mean, like, coming out of the closet mm-hmm. in a big cloud of sequins and
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When I talk with people like queer people, especially that are international, I always say like there are like there's an organization called the Rainbow Railroad, which will like help rescue like queer people in countries where it's not safe. Like look into ways that you can escape your environment. Sure. It's not always that simple, but it's all about kind of doing what you can
1: uh, to try to change your environment. Yeah, for sure. Were you in touch with the Rainbow Railroad or anyone like that? Like you say, you, when you came to uh, actually become okay with your sexuality, when you actually accepted who you were and stopped trying to pray it away, how how did you get to that point?
0: I mean, with discovering my sexuality, that kind of started in in the church you grow up in an environment where like you can't be gay like gay really is being a choice like you're so grilled into that growing up that you believe it like mm-hmm. you truly believe that you would like I believed that I was heterosexual and that if I wanted to engage in homosexual behaviors that would be a choice of mine which it, I mean you can choose obviously whether or not you have sex but <laughs> you can't obviously choose who you're attracted to um yeah. so in terms of discovering my sexuality that was a process that was very slow for me and it mostly happened because somebody else put that label on me of gay and they were like um, they told my parents I think your son's gay and my parents confronted me about it and they're like this person said you're gay but we know that you're not but like you know you obviously are attracted to women right and I was like yeah of course and then that was when I started having to confront those questions myself and when the questions kept coming and I didn't really have solid answers to those questions I started to put the pieces together and go oh You know, maybe I am actually gay. Maybe I don't actually have control over it. And then in terms of coming out, I didn't actually come out of the closet until I moved to the UK. And I did that from so much distance that really I I had a lot of advantages with that. Like, I don't know what would have happened to me if I had stayed. My coming out was pretty awful. Like, my dad told me it would be better if I was dead than gay. And, like, that he didn't want to have me as a son anymore. And, like, a lot of those, like, horror stories were coming out. But because I had a lot of that distance, but you know, from California to the United Kingdom, that's so much distance. I was very. I feel like I was protected from a lot of the horror stories that happened to people, and I definitely don't feel like I needed to have a service like the Rainbow World. Like I, there are so many people that really need that support, and I didn't. And I have a lot of privilege coming from a Western society, and you know, um, hardly I hardly come from a wealthy family, but I was able to go to a school. You know, that's privilege, and that's a huge advantage that so many people don't have. And I do feel very grateful that I was able to have that advantage and to get to a place where I could, there was like a queer society at my university. And it's like, I don't know what would have happened if I had not have had all of that. But because I did, I feel very, very lucky. You know? uh,
1: yeah. Wow. What would you say to teenage Bradley now if, if we could mm-hmm. like jump in a TARDIS or something and go back to, what, 10 years ago? Mm. or however long ago it was. What, what would be your advice or your, your words of wisdom?
0: I think my advice would have been to be more open-minded. I grew up in a, like, a lot of times we take the opinions of our parents and that was very much me. You know, I grew up in a conservative, heteronormative society and I had no perspective on life. To me, I was this gay, hating Republican, you know, and so I think that it's all about having perspective and being willing to get out of your cultural environment and upbringing and uh, realizing that there's a bigger world out there. Because I don't think that I really... I had the chance to travel tons growing up, but I don't feel like I really knew, truly knew that there was a bigger world out there beyond what I had grown up with, beyond the beliefs I'd grown up with, and realizing that there is a better place. Um, You know, I always say like in my videos, like it doesn't get better for everyone all the time. It just doesn't. That's real life. But there are better places to lgbtq openly and um, so i would i'd go back to myself and be like you know the world's so much bigger than this and try to have an open mind because i think that i was very close-minded growing up and i think that that put such a delay on my coming out experience and i do wish that i had got those years back but you know so many of us do in the lgbt community we don't get those years back and it is what it is. I'm glad grateful and, and thrilled with the life I have now and that I'm able to live that life and I know that like even still I'm young and, and that's amazing and I'm so lucky. Um, but I still at the same time, you know, it's like I wish that I had I wish that I had known like what I do now.
1: If you find yourself in a situation like that where you're not able to be yourself for fear of, you know, being shipped off to a brainwashing camp or whatever, mm. then seriously consider not being there anymore however yeah. and you know and that's not like all right well i'll leave then because like, right. like we said like <laughs> privilege means that that's not always the way but yeah. um yeah. yeah it's it's awful that you had to go through that and to go through it alone as well is terrifying as well you're a, you're a wonderful example that however dark and and lonely that kind of thing seems it 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 truly can get better. Yeah. In the right mm-hmm. circumstances. True. And yeah, yeah. You're a you're a beacon of hope. <laughs> Thank you. And that's and that's a lovely thing. Oh, actually, you have a video where you actually talk to your dad about that whole coming mm-hmm. out thing, and where he told you you'd be better dead than yes. gay. Yes. Wow. And I've 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 watched. I haven't even watched the whole. Th- I couldn't watch the whole thing. It was a bit much <laughs> for me. I only watched a couple of minutes and had to switch it off. But if you want to watch Bradley talk to his dad about his coming out experience, so where can they find you?
0: They can find me all over the social media at my funky German name, (laughs) which is Bradley Burkholz. And I'm sure it will be in text somewhere on this post.
1: Bradley Burkholz. (laughs) There'll be links in the copy underneath here. I'll also put a link into uh, the Rainbow Railroad and any other kind of similar charities I can find while I'm online. On that note, thank you very much for sharing that filthy yet divine story. (laughs) You're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime.
0: (laughs) Tune in next time.
1: (laughs) that was Probably True. The repeatedly award-winning storytelling series created by me, Scott Flashhart, to remind all of my queer brothers and sisters that we are none of us alone. You can find transcripts of every episode, links, and other things at probablytruepodcast.com. There's additional content and other lovely stuff available to subscribers at patreon.com forward slash probably true. And if you want to get in touch, just search Probably True Podcast on the socials. That's it for this week. Praise Kylie and may share guide you in the dark times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh